Ash Olaf. Hi guys, welcome back to You Can't Podcast with Kids from the Symposium. Today um, we're having a briefer pod just to go over some of the European fixtures that have happened over the last few days, the last week or so. Um, I'm joined by Boti and Arjun. And yeah, we'll just go over the latest round of 16 games in the uh, Champions League and I think the quarterfinal games, were they in the Europa League? Um, and we'll discuss those games, discuss the fixtures and maybe maybe offer some brief predictions about who we think is going to go forward in the tournament, maybe potential winners, and just who we'd maybe like to see going forward. Um, so yeah, Arjun, how are you? What did you make of the uh, What did you make of the games in the Champions yeah, League? Yeah, so um, so well, first of all, for the Europa League last night, I watched the um, Inter Milan Leverkusen game, which was of particular interest to me because I was scouting out Kai Havertz, who obviously will be coming to Chelsea, um, like ninety five percent done. Um, but it was a really good game. Obviously, Inter Milan are sort of like a Premier League all-star team with like Victor Moses, Christian Eriksen, Lukaku, Ashley Young. It's quite insane to watching them, and they 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 they, are, they do play very well. Um, they fully deserve sometimes. Yeah, okay. I, I know that you watch Inter Milan quite a lot. Um, but yesterday Lukaku was just a beast. He was like completely outplayed the Leverkusen defense, held the ball up so well. Um, a bit unlucky for him in that he had two penalties sort of chalked off um, due to VAR. But overall, it was a very, very entertaining end-to-end game. Obviously, all three goals coming in the first half an hour, uh, and then two penalties given and uh, awarded and then talked off. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and then obviously I was keeping an eye on the United-Copenhagen game. I had predicted beforehand that I, I could foresee either a United thrashing or, or a tight Copenhagen win, and I sort of came in, in between those with obviously United prevailing due to a penalty, but Copenhagen keeping them at bay for pretty much two hours and yeah it was quite an even contest from what I heard mm-hmm. yeah Boji uh, for me the the weekend was brilliant it, it was really one of those rare weekends where every score you want to see you get so that started off with Real Madrid being eliminated which uh, was an absolute delight for me um, Barcelona obviously pulled through um, in quite quite nice style against Napoli um, and the Europa League was uh, very entertaining as well. But I, I think the game I'm most looking forward to from Europa League is the one tonight between Wolves and Sevilla. I think they're two brilliant teams. They can both be quite unpredictable at times, and I'm I'm really hoping to see some uh, end-to-end football, many goals, and some real flashy skills from the likes of Traore, etc. Mm. Unlike the rest of us, you you wanted Man City to beat Madrid, and they managed to do that. Um, what did you make of that particular time? So, um, in honest, the, the game itself, quality-wise, I thought was a bit disappointing. But I, I was I was impressed by Phil Foden. He put the work in. Um, I, I'm probably going to put him in my Premier League fantasy team for next season. Hopefully, he'll be racking up the minutes. Um, mm. So, so yeah, it was an it was an interesting show from City. A week from Madrid. Um, but I, I know you. I know you watch La Liga. Obviously, you watch um, quite a lot of it. Um, and Madrid did. Obviously, they they did well in the league this year. Um, they couldn't bring it out on um, this tie on on the night. What do you think their main issues were? Because a lot of the journalists have been saying, well, they couldn't handle the press. They couldn't handle the Pep kind of press. Um, what did you make of all that kind of discourse? 
I, I, I think Real Madrid are just tired out, to be honest. Um, I, I, I know you they they won La Liga, but I don't think they had a particularly good La Liga season. In fact, I, I think this year's La Liga was um, actually one of the weakest of the past decade. Mm. Um, Barcelona, Atletico Madrid were very weak. Real Madrid really, frankly, had a lot of luck on their side, if I may say so. Um, mm. They they weren't outstandingly the better team of the three horse race that you often see in La Liga. Um, they they did win it. Um, I think they they put they put a massive charge in in the restart. And of course, something we haven't mentioned so far, um, and this this really just goes to praise Sergio Ramos. But when Ramos doesn't play for Madrid, they become half of what they are. Mm. Ramos is not only a leader, mm-hmm. he's a goal scorer. He, he's really the captain who uh, carries Real Madrid on its, on on his back. And uh, I, I think that's why they won the league. Ramos is the mm. reason they won the league. Um, there, there was some... Uh, I mean, you can see with Varane as well. Like You can see Varane is not the player he normally is when Ramos isn't there. No, it's 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 what you normally say. It's it's that Van Dyke effect that yeah, yeah. it's our centre back. He can make an, a centre back beside him look world class. Yeah, I mean Varane is. I mean he's there as we were saying the other yeah. day. He's a top ten defender by all means, but um, he's he's not quite as shiny without that light next to him. Yeah. Okay. No, I think that's really, yeah, pretty just, nicely just, put. So yeah, Arjun, could you that. could you come yeah. in on Madrid and also uh, after that just just talk about talk about Chelsea? But yeah, first Madrid and then that tie. Yeah, just to add to that, I saw a stat the other day that said that, said that in the Champions League, um, when Varane isn't paired with Ramos, like their defense is terrible. So you have you had the four-one home defeat against Ajax, where oh, Varane yeah. was paired with Nacho. Um, I think the three-nil um, away loss to PSG in the group yeah. stage, and then um, I think they conceded a few goals against Juventus like two two seasons ago as well. So obviously Ramos is like the rock of Real Madrid. Um, yeah, so when you introduced me at the start of the podcast, I almost, it almost slipped my mind that we had the Champions League games last week because it's, there's been so much football coming yeah. up constantly that it's hard to remember what happened two days ago, let alone yesterday. Um, yeah, so by Munich Chelsea game, foregone conclusion before the game started anyway that we were going to be knocked out. But I was quietly impressed by how we sort of managed to limit it to four goals because. That's quite well, I mean, a sad statement. I know, you, yeah, definitely. But given, given, the squad, <laughs> given the squad that we put, given the team that we put out, um, it was obviously a second eleven of sorts. And I thought that they, the team didn't play that badly. But obviously, Bayern Munich were just insane. Um, Lewandowski scoring as, as usual, and yeah, you know, it's hard to see past them for the favourites. Um, to be the favourites going ahead. All I'll say is, any Liverpool yeah. fan that doesn't think that we would benefit from Thiago didn't watch that game. Yeah, well, that's Thiago all I'll was, say. Thiago is immense. On Saturday, um, and then obviously the night before the Juventus Leon game was very interesting. Leon, Leon, very much unheralded, unfancy team, managed to um, limit Juventus to only two goals going through on away goals, and the defence of like Marcelo, Jason Denea, um, and obviously Anthony Lopez at the back was quite good. Basically, looked like playing like ten men behind the ball once once they knew they were going through on away goals and just mm. completely shutting out the Juventus attack. Sari bring on Dybala, which was just a complete disastrous mistake, and he he basically limped off injured as we as as was inevitable given that he'd been out for so long before this game. Um, and yeah, obviously a catastrophic result for Sari, who's now been sacked, replaced by. Deservedly, in your opinion. Um, yes, because he may have won Serie A, but you know it was mainly down to the other teams sort of bossing the title, or Lazio, Inter, and Atalanta, all 
failed yeah. to capitalise on Juventus' failings. They only won it by a point in the end. They lost. They went out in the Coppa Italia. They lost the Italian Super Cup. Um, and obviously, despite beating Atletico in the group stages of the Champions League, they just you know they they're very poor in it, obviously. And and with a team, you know, when you have the sort of players that Juventus have, going out to Lyon, you know, no disrespect, no disrespect to them is is very much mm. a bit um, of a shock. We'll get on to um, Perlo in a second, but yeah. um, Boti, what did you make of the Juventus tie? Ronaldo almost seemed to do some old magic and and pull it back, scored a couple of goals. Um, he could have, you know, scored another, had been the hat trick hero as he's been often in the past, but Juventus just seemed just didn't seem to be able to do it in the end. Yeah, and um, in in all honesty, I I I genuinely thought that Ronaldo would get that third and um, put them through mm. as he has done so many times. Um, Again, as I was saying at the beginning, it's it's a result I'm happy with because I'm I'd rather see Juventus at some point in the cup than I would Leon. Um, yeah. Though, and also of course in the Messi Ronaldo debate, it's it's just a bonus for Messi if Ronaldo doesn't win it again. Mm. What um, do you make of Perlo? Of Perlo, well, uh, I'll be interested going back to this Ronaldo Messi debate merely because Perlo posted a picture not that long ago with Messi saying the best. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll see how that goes. I, well, I mean, Perlo's a legend. Um, the fans love him. I, I, what I'm, what I'm really enjoying in these last two years of my life is um, all my childhood favorites are now becoming the managers around <laughs> all yeah. the top leagues. Um, so it's exciting. Um, I have no idea what he's going to do with Juventus next year. Mm. Um, Juventus hasn't been a team I've particularly liked recent, in recent times due to uh, Barcelona's Champions League exit a few years ago. But um, yeah, I mean, I I, I hope I hope Perlo does some uh, interesting things. I, I really do like him. Mm. Arjun, what do you reckon about Perlo? So it's a bit of a risky move. The fans seem to like him, as Boji says, but. Being a metro, being a player, regardless of how good he was, and he obviously was, you know, the best midfielder in the world or up there for, for near enough ten years, that doesn't necessarily translate to management. So, what are your thoughts on this appointment? I mean, he has literally no experience managing. He's put in charge of Juventus's under twenty three side like a week or two ago. Didn't I think manage one friendly game where they lost like seven nil, um, and you know has just been put in like you know installed as like a successor to Sarri with literally no experience. You talk, you know, you look at managers like Arteta, Zidane, Lampard, and at least they had some sort of experience either managing an actual team or managing the youth team for quite a while. Um, and yeah, Perlo has no experience. This sort of gives me the vibes of Thierry Henry when he took over at Monaco a few years yeah, ago. Yeah. No experience at all. Um, and obviously that like crashed and burned. And now he's sort of salvaging his reputation, I think, in the MLS with Montreal. But, you know, it's just a very risky appointment. And obviously, Perlo has like a good rapport with the Juventus players, and you know gets on well with them. But I'm really, I'd be really interested to see how he sort of handles the star, the star power like of Ronaldo. You mm. know, if Ronaldo doesn't take to Perlo as the manager and doesn't agree with his tactics, what happens then? Oh yeah, I I I think it's a very risky appointment. When 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 they could have gone for someone like Pochettino, Nagelsmann. Yeah, Nagelsmann. Um, even going back to like Allegri, but I don't know. I, I, but having said all that, having said all that, that he has no experience, I can see it being quite a successful stint still because of the fact that Syria most you know seasons recently has been a, a little bit of a cakewalk for Juventus. And you know whilst whilst we praise into Napoli and you know Milan um, for making like great strides recently, 
you know, it doesn't take long for them to sort of not be able to capitalise on the events mm. mistakes. And, you know, but it'll be very interesting. I think that even if Sarri had continued, I think CEL will be, will be much more competitive next season. So it'll be interesting to see how a very much inexperienced Pirlo does with the Juventus team. Mm. No, I I think, d- yeah, go on, Boji. I just wanted to add to that. I think um, uh, there's there's something about Pirlo's character that I think um, I, I think this managerial role suits him. The, the he's got this classy elegance, this dominant aura um, where he's the boss. The, the way he captained, um, he, he's he's an admired boss. He's someone that people want to follow. And um, if if he can translate what he was as a player, that role he played as a captain. To now doing that as a manager, I think he can be very successful. He can win. He can win um, over his players and you know m- make them do great things. Mm. I think Perlo's got that potential. Um, yeah, I, I I can't pre- I can't make a prediction though. In honesty, yeah. as as Arjun's pointed out, he has like no experience. We haven't seen him, so yeah, it will mean, be interesting. The leadership stuff is half the job. So I mean, all of us, none of us, as you just said, none of us know about his tactical ability, his, his strategic ability. Because it's obviously very different to manage eleven players, and and then rather than just doing your own job on the pitch, you know, it's quite a different job. So obviously none of us know how we'll do on that, and obviously wish him the best of luck. Oh, I mean, just about kind of what I actually thought would happen was because I follow Inter in detail, I would have thought Conte, with all this complaining, would would leave in a half, go back to Juventus, and then Inter would get Allegri, which is what I thought would happen. But but now that Juventus has done this, I think Conte might actually just stay. Um, and actually, might feel he has something to capitalise on the inexperience of uh, of Perlo later on in next season. But yeah, I mean, looking at it from Sarri's perspective, like he comes third with a with a pretty average Chelsea team and a wins the Europa League, and imposes very quickly a decent style of I mean, I, I like a, a workable style of play on on like an unwieldy team, and then and then just leaves, and then he wins the league with Juventus, and like fair enough, doesn't qualify past the Champions League round, but. But that's like obviously no mean feat, right? And and then he just leaves there as well. So he's like seems to be successful, but can't really settle. I mean, the uh, way I, I see know. it, I don't think he can manage a sort of really big club with like lots of egos. So he did really well in the lower leagues with smaller Italian teams. Did well with Empoli, got them promoted. Did well with Napoli, who obviously are a big team, but not you know among the elite. And then he goes to Chelsea, who obviously are a big team, but didn't really have many egos in the team. You know. And didn't, you know, in terms of star players, they weren't like controlling the team the same way that we might think of Ronaldo. And I think except for just, Kepa refusing to come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but I don't know. I just don't think he. I think he's sort of best suited. Okay, he's won two um, trophies in, with, with Chelsea and Juventus, but you know they they were sort of there to be won, if you know what I mean. Like he, yeah. it wasn't exactly like a massive achievement to win those trophies. Yeah. Um, and I think he's better suited at a slightly smaller team with a slightly less pressure, like a team like Napoli, a team like Chelsea, where, you know, given given the exploits of City and Liverpool, there wasn't much pressure on them. So, you know, a move, a move back to a team like Napoli, I mean, not, not like a two-star leave anytime soon, but a team along the same lines like Napoli-Roma might um, suit him a bit more than being at the top of the Italian game. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so um, on the Napoli issue then, um, Boti, what do you make of Barcelona's victory against Napoli? Obviously, it's your team. Um, how do you think they performed? Messi with the classic kind of slalom goal. Reminds you of a goal that Salah scored against um, Watford, I think, three years ago with like a line of players and, you know, falling over and just knocks it in. Um, that was a nice, quite iconic goal already. Um, but yeah, what did you make of that game? I, I was pleasantly surprised. I... Um... I'm going to start with negative here because I don't want to uh, get myself 
uh, too happy and think we're going to win the whole thing already. But um, when we restarted La Liga and we came out with a 4-0 victory against Mallorca, I remember messaging you straight away going, wow, I'm so in love with this new Barcelona squad, so much energy coming in. And then the yeah. second week we were already um, down and out, basically, of the competition. And I, I hope that's not what's going to happen on Friday against Bayern. But I was very happy with how it started. Um Barcelona looked alive almost from the get-go. Um, it may maybe have took about five minutes for, for us to get into the game. And from then on, it, it seemed quite dominant. Um, it was a nice open header for Longley. Um, it's nice when he scores because he doesn't get too many. Uh, nice to see him smile. He's a happy guy now. <laughs> um, Messi just doing Messi magic. Um, I, was a bit, I was a bit surprised. Um, this is perhaps one of the, the less controversial decisions just because it, not, not much attention was merited to it given that Barcelona won by um, enough goals anyway but uh, a Messi goal was ruled um, was ruled out for handball and I'm I'm not sure whether that was the right decision it, it was a beautiful goal I think he deserved it it didn't look like a particular handball to me his arm was down um, but then came uh, Luis Suarez and we we got the we got the result so it was a, it was nice to see a Barcelona infused with energy playing good football um, I'm looking forward to the Bayern game. I think um, if Barcelona can uh, keep a, a lot of the ball, have high possession, um, lock Bayern down and resist the inevitable pressure and high press that they're going to put up against us as did Liverpool, etc., very successfully, um, then I think Barca can come out with a 3-1 victory again from that Bayern game. Fair enough. No, that's optimistic stuff. And obviously, I think Barca will benefit from it not being a two-leg tie. Uh, but yeah. Um, well, we can't, we can't bottle the second leg this time. But, but then again, uh, against yeah. PSG. Oh, who knows? Um, all right. So um, before we move on to the Europa League, then I'll just ask kind of you guys, um, what's your kind of, who do you think is going to be in the final? Try not to have yourself blinded by, by uh, fan interest, but who do you honestly think will be in the final? And who do you honestly think will win the Champions League this year? Uh, Arjun? Um, for me, I, I, I think that Bayern will get will get past Barcelona personally. Um, that it's a toss up between Bayern and City and that semi. I, I really don't don't can't call that one. Um, if I had to be pressed, I think it would be a Bayern Munich Atletico Madrid final. Um, You're just assuming and, City will beat Leon, obviously, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Yeah. yeah. Um, as in, as impressive as Leon were against Juventus, I I feel like City will have enough to get past them. Mm. I think that. I'm inclined to say it'll be a Bayern Munich Atletico Madrid final, but then again, PSG, you know, Neymar and Mbappe might be able to pull out some magic against the Atletico Madrid defence. And yeah, I'm assuming that Atlanta and Leipzig will will get knocked out. Um, but yeah, I think that Bayern Munich are the favourites for it. I would, I would say that. What do you reckon, Boti? Are you are you said you're confident about Bayern, but then are you confident about beating City if that's who you'll face after in the semis? And then about the other I side, think, other side of the draw, what do you reckon the other side as well? I think Bayern is the biggest challenge, and if we're past them, if we do get past them, um, it would be really sorry if we didn't then win the whole thing. Um, but I, I, I agree, Bayern, Bayern is a very strong team. So it's, I'm going to say either Bayern or Barca in the final. I'm going to make the same assumptions that Leipzig, Atlanta get knocked out. And I don't think Leon have it, as Arjun said. Yeah. Um, I do. I do think City will get past Atletico. So I, I did have a uh, a big but at the end of one of my sentences. I don't think I ever finished earlier on when I was saying City didn't play that great. But 
I do think there's something about them this year. They'll they'll get far in the Champions League. They I I think they will get to the finals. So Wait, that, but that means aren't they on the same side of the draw as you then? So that means uh, that means they'd have to be. Are they in? Are not on City in the yeah. same side? The, so yeah, that means you. Uh, yeah, so you'd have to face them in the semis then. So yeah. Oh right, I thought yeah. it was the other way around. In which no. case, well, that, that's a <laughs> that's rather sorry for my predict, prediction then. So. Well then, I've lost a bit of confidence already. <laughs> yeah, because if you beat Bayern, and assuming obviously City beat Lyon, which um, I mean everyone assumes that they will, but we d- we don't know for sure, uh-huh. um, then you'll face you'll face City in the semis, um, and that'll be you know obviously Pep playing against his old club. Um, I personally am not that confident in like your defense and your organization yeah. against whatever Sterling De Bruyne De Bruyne just running past people like I, I don't know. But then at the same time, you Messi, etc., can cause havoc against City's sometimes non-existent defense. So I'm expecting a lot of goals if that does that does come to fruition. I I would expect Barcelona to beat City more than I do to beat Bayern. But I, I, Bayern's the real challenge this year. Yeah, so they're I, really good. I suppose. I suppose then um, I've kind of persuaded myself, and you guys have persuaded me. Then I'll I'll agree that Bayern is the favorite this year. Yeah, no, no, fair enough. I think I think I agree as well. And I think as as um, Arjun said, I can see a. Atletico Bayern final quite strong, but I can equally see an Atletico City final. Um, I'm sorry, Boti, but in my mind, I just can't see an Atletico Barca final. Um, but I mean, I'd rather Barca get to the final than City, as you know. So I'll be rooting for them in that semi should it occur. But yeah, no, I think I think I agree with Arjun on that. Um, but yeah, no, let's let's move then briefly on to the Europa League quarters. So we've had a couple of matches there. We had Inter beat Leverkusen 2-1, obviously leading to the Kai Havertz. Petro Kai Havertz transfer now. And then we had United also last night winning a very entertaining end-to-end game against um, Copenhagen um, 1-0 from obviously a penalty um, in extra time with the Copenhagen keeper pulling off numerous heroic saves. And I saw one stat that said in that one match, he's made as many saves as 24% of Kepa's entire season of saves. So um, I guess guess it's a statement in itself. And I can't wait for Chelsea to send a nice £100 million bid in for this keeper tomorrow. But yeah. um, I I love all these little jabs that you've been sending Arjun's way uh, in today's pod. (laughs) Arjun, Arjun, what did you make? In fairness, fairness, he's... he made 24% of the saves that Allison has made as well um, okay. this season. But obviously, Allison's been letting a few <laughs> goals. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess Allison just faces fewer fewer shots as well, just mm. because of, of defence. But what did you make of the Man United game first? It was an entertaining game, I thought. A lot of, like, I think Man United hit all three parts of the woodwork that you can hit. And, um, you know, they had numerous attempts. I don't even think that after all that, Copenhagen even registered a shot on target, despite, you know, the the end-to-end and the inroads they made in the box. Um, but it was a really good game to watch. What did you make of it? Um, yeah, I, I thought it was very entertaining. Um, I've actually got a friend who's who's out in Denmark at Union Copenhagen, and he's a Man United fan, so this was a very stressful evening for him. Um, I suppose he came out happy either way. But um, it, it was it was, uh, it was was good to see a slightly different um, Manchester United squad play out. I, I always wa- like watching uh, Sergio Romero in goal as well. Um, but as as you said, there, there weren't too many that actually got on target uh, because United somehow got that block in after all these nice flowing moves that Copenhagen produced. And genuinely, I, I thought some of some of them were absolutely terrific, beautiful. There was a Ronaldo chop on the baseline. Um, <laughs> I can't remember the player's name. Crossed it. 
uh, one more pass, something you might call sweaty in uh, FIFA online. <laughs> and um, uh, I, the shot was then. Do poor, you think but... being? Do you think attempting to be so sweaty might have cost them actually, rather than just trying to Arsenal the ball in? They they just miss the opportunity. <laughs> no, no, I I, I mean uh, the the chance was brilliant. They it was that final strike that was missing. Um, yeah. But it was very entertaining. They they played great. Jonsson, their keeper, was insane. Yeah, yeah, j- definitely. Um, I mean, Bruno Fernandes hit the inside of the post and I think was, was, Ra- was it Rashford or Martial? Yeah, I think all of them one. did at least once. All, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, it was, it was an entertaining game. There probably should have been more goals. Yeah. But... Um, I think, as as you said earlier, it was a deserved United victory, but a, a valiant effort from Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. Um, they deserve praise for that performance. Yeah, it was a nice it was a nice performance from from obviously underdogs, and and they put up a plucky performance, and it was obviously a really entertaining game. So yeah, I'm I'm grateful to them for that. Arjun, what did you make of the Inter game? So it was quite a peculiar game. They managed to see um, see them off, but they had two penalties that were disallowed against Leverkusen. Obviously, it sealed the Kai Havertz transfer, as you said earlier. But they had two penalties disallowed from VAR, um, despite Lukaku's very intense concentration on the ball, which is probably some of the most intense concentration I've ever seen anyone do anything. <laughs> and, and, um, and yeah, I guess it was just weird for that reason. But it's nice to see the pitch side monitors being used correctly. Yeah, definitely. I, I really like that aspect. I'm glad that they're bringing it into the Premier League next season, yeah. or this, this coming season. Um, yeah, it was a really entertaining game. I was really impressed by some of the interplayers that are perhaps less heralded than the others. So yeah. Nicolo Barella played really well in centre midfield. He did really yeah. well against Getafe, I heard as well. Yeah, he um, did. He was like he was like a yeah, midfield workhorse. And then Bastoni, the young centre back, was really really impressive. I think he's like an academy player. I think he's, he's benefited a lot over the season from being partnered with Godin. Just he's just just learned a lot, and he's you can yeah. see like genuine improvement. Yeah, um, and I, I, I didn't actually know he was he's playing that as much as he has done because obviously yeah. he's been keeping Scrinia after the team, which is no mean feat. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, the three-man defence of Godin, Bastoni and De Roy is really solid. And I think that, I, I feel like Inter have a really nice balanced squad um, of, of first 11 this, this season. And I think they can definitely make it to the final. And that's been something of like a bugbear of Conte, never really doing well in Europe with his teams, whether it's mm-hmm. Juventus, Chelsea or Inter. Um, you know, there was that season, I think, was it 12-13, where he had a really strong Inter team, and they, uh, sorry, Juventus team, and they didn't manage to make it out of the Champions League group. No, yeah. Um, came third, got to the semis of the Europa League, but um, failed against Benfica, would have played us in the final. Uh, sorry, failed against, um, yeah, Benfica, and would have played us in the final otherwise. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's never managed to do well in Europe, and this this is quite an important point, making it to the semis. Um, and I think that I've classed them as favourites for the tournament, um, and I'm hoping for a United Inter final. But I think that'd be quite an interesting final. Yeah, I mean, um, I think Inter one of the only teams with De Bruyne and Godin who could fully withstand, you know, which which is what actually is now quite a potent Man United attack with Rashford, Martial, Bruno Fernandes, um, and then he they've obviously acted as kind of catalyst for Pogba um, as well. Mm. And and um, they seem quite formidable. But yeah, I do think Inter have the have the ingredients and perhaps the defensive coaching to actually be able to match them. I was disappointed slightly by goalkeeping performances from both teams. Um, it both features a kind of near post, especially the Inter's um, conceded goal. It, um, yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, I think the kind of all-star team won out just because they just have better quality at the end of the day, I think. Yeah, um, and so for, in terms of tonight's game, so Inter played the winners of Shakhtar against Basel. Now, yeah. that, that you'd have to say, you know, 
those are two decent teams in their own right, but they'd probably be the weakest team out of the four semis, whichever yeah. one makes it through. Shakhtar, obviously, as we know over the years, are con- seem to be constantly filled with lots of talented Brazilian attackers. Um, but, but And obviously, you know, we can't say I watch them often, but they always seem to have like, yeah, talented Brazilian players mm. in their team. And then Basel, who in the last sort of, well, I think in the first half of, this, of the last decade, they were doing really well in Europe. They always seem to beat um, whichever English team they played, whether it was Chelsea, United or Spurs. Um, but then they've sort of been quite poor in the Swiss league. They, you know, normally they, they will have they established like a sort of um, dominance over the Swiss league. They seem they think they won it like eight, eight years in a row, mm. and then the last two seasons they've lost out to young boys. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're they're not on the side they once were, and I think Shakhtar will get past them fairly easily. So, um, what do you make you, of the other? So, yeah, I mean, what Boti, What do you make of the other tie, the Wolves Sevilla tie? You mentioned it briefly. I know you've seen a lot of Sevilla in La Liga. Obviously, you've seen a lot of Wolves as well. They've got a decent team in the Prem, Traore, Jimenez, etc. We know the names, and we know the potential talent that they can put out. What do you reckon about this match tonight? And if they do progress, I think they'll face United. And what do you make about that tie? Ooh, it's it's one of those ties that's completely unpredictable. To me, they both feel like teams that can that can put out a absolute super impressive performance, but that sometimes they can also just completely disappear. Yeah. Um, so it's it's Sevilla's classical fault, and it's why they haven't been doing exceptionally well in La Liga in recent years. Is because they they put out massive performances sometimes against clubs like Barcelona, beating them two one or drawing Real Madrid, and then somehow losing to the the bottom three or four clubs the game after. Um, they're an unpredictable side, um, but they play nice football, and so do Wolves, and this is the reason why um, I'm expecting a, a brilliant end-to-end game. Uh, who did you say they would be facing next, Man United? They'll be facing United, yeah. Um, because because um, Inter will face the Shakhtar tie, so... Well, I mean, it'll be a great game either way. I, I think Sevilla would probably get past United. I, I have a feeling that some, somehow Sevilla seems to do quite well against English clubs. Um, and Wolves United, um, I, I suppose it'll just be a third matchup of what we've already seen this year. Mm, yeah, I mean, in the league, United, I mean, they've done OK against Wolves. I mean, they've not struggled, really. So, I mean, I can't see Wolves beating United over two legs. As you say, I think Sevilla would actually do better. Um, Sevilla have strong Europa League pedigree as well. Like, we yeah, can't really, they are we can't really forget that. Yeah. Um, I think they won it three terms in a row, didn't they? Yeah, Yeah, I know yeah. you're trying to get one of those at least, Ashley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's like the amazing Daniel Sturridge goal that will always be forgotten because it came in a pretty shocking final loss for Liverpool. But, yeah, let's not get into that. But yeah, okay. So moving on then. So we'll be fa- let's let's say we have the um, United against Wolves or Sevilla, and then Inter against the Shakhtar tie. Who do you see making the final, and who do you see winning, Arjun? Um, I'd quite like to see a United Inter final with Inter obviously triumphing. But in my mind, I think Sevilla will have enough to get past Wolves. I think it'll be a very close game, as Bosi points out. And yeah, I think it'll be a Sevilla Inter final. I think that'll be a really interesting one, really mm. close matchup. So you see Sevilla beating United? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously, you can call that one either way. I, I think that, that side of the draw with Sevilla Wolves and United is really tough to predict, to be honest. But in terms of the other half of the draw, I can see Inter getting it to the final. Fair, uh, I I can't add too much. I think Arjun's got this one right, so I'm I'm going to agree with him. Mm, okay, no, yeah, I think I think what I'd like to see is an Inter United final, just because I'd want to see Inter beat United. 
but I think I can see Sevilla. I can see Sevilla. Um, I can see Sevilla actually getting past United in quite a close game. Because I think they're quite good in tournament settings. As Booty says, they sometimes struggle in the league, but I think when it comes to games on the line, they always seem to find something extra. I'm not sure why, but yeah, there's something ingrained. Um, so yeah, no, that was that was great, and we've yeah reviewed all those games, given our suggestions for who we think are going to win both tournaments, and yeah, I'd just like to thank both of you for your time. It was quite a brief pod, only about half an hour long. Um, we'll come back again once these uh, courses are finished in the Europa League and we get some way into the Champions League quarters. And uh, yeah, we'll come back, maybe refresh, maybe change some of our predictions. And maybe Leon will offer a surprise against Man City. Who knows? I mean, we can only hope. Um, but yeah, no, thank you. You go to bed praying every night, yeah, Ashwin. Literally, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, but no, thank you. It's, it's bye from me, Arjun. Bye. Bye, Thanks for listening, guys. See ya. Cheers, guys. Thanks. See you next time on the symposium. Thanks. The Symposium with Ash Orlack.